0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Just Egg. You can't have plant-based breakfast without a plant-based egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st slash hrn.
2: This week on Meet & 3, we're celebrating the food culture of South Carolina with its chef ambassadors.
0: Oh, I'm super excited that it's soft show crab season. <laughs> Those little suckers are
1: delicious. People think, oh, a tomato is a tomato. No, there is a, a good tomato and a bad tomato. So when they come to, to Hampton or even you know even in South Carolina, you can really find incredible ingredients.
3: We started getting lettuce from Micro Leon Farms
2: in Conway. He's it's a, a super sweet family that runs that little farm. Tune in to Meetin 3, available wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I'm Allison Kane and welcome to In the Sauce, a podcast about building consumer brands from the ground up. I love doing this show because I get to interview everyone from production gurus to marketing and social media mavens, anyone who can guide me on this crazy journey. This is the story of building Haven's Kitchen Sauces, but it's also the story of every growing brand because we're all in the sauce. Today, I'm speaking with Jamila Owens-Todd, owner of Golden Grocer, a natural health food store in St. Louis that has served the community for 40 years. Jamila, a naturopathic doctor who's been in practice since 2007, spent years recommending the shop to her patients. And in 2018, when the previous owner decided to sell the business, Jamila stepped in. Eventually. Jamila, I'm so excited to talk with you. We, I guess, met, in quotes, on Instagram because um, you started carrying our sauces, which was really fun, and you posted about them. And then we started following you guys back, and just it—it's—it's it's an amazing story, and I'm so excited for our listeners to hear it. So welcome.
2: Well, well, thank you. I appreciate being here, and I appreciate you having this platform, which is really cool uh, to chat with people. So I'm excited and, and pretty much honored to even be
3: asked. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> well, you. it's an honor to have you. Um, so from what I understand, you know, I've read some stuff. I mean there's a lot, but you, you fully took over Golden Grocer in January of 2020. Is that like, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm laughing in order to not cry on the Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So let's talk about that. I mean, yeah. let's talk about the timing of that. And I mean, on one hand, I imagine like any new business and then a pandemic hits, things go insane, but you also had a health, like, Focused business that was essential, yeah, um, so there's like the insanity on both ends, kind of yeah. so tell me a little bit about that yeah,
2: I mean i um I was contacted by John, the previous owner of the store who had been operating the store for forty years that's crazy. Um, he had some partners at one point, and just imagine forty years of running a small business you you either you know keep it going or you just say, you know what I'm done right so he was at that point and uh, I was hesitant at first, and finally twisted my arm. No, <laughs> but you know, it, it just seemed like a good fit because being um, in the health field, in the alternative health field, you're constantly trying to promote new options, new things, and just considerations of how to live your life holistically. So here's this extension of my practice, this mm-hmm. actual physical brick and mortar store right. that has a host of you know uh, um, pro- products that you can incorporate into your wellness plan. So you know, we kind of went back and forth, had some meetings, and then I came on in October twenty nineteen, and then transitioned fully into ownership in um, in January twenty twenty, <laughs> and then um, the pandemic came, and that was uh, a host of a whole bunch of things. You know, everyone was in this state of unknown and fear and what to do next. And I remember thinking, well, at the time, my practice, uh, we were just going to close the building that my practice was in for six. Right. Well, you know, or sorry, it started out as two weeks and then two weeks. went. I just- know, us two at the cooking school.
3: Yeah, we'll reopen in 10 days. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. what
2: was interesting is that the store, being a grocery store, uh, was an essential business. Mm-hmm.
0: And
2: here we are in the state of what's going on, some unknown virus. You hear stories, on, uh, you know, New York hospitals using vitamin C. And everyone's talking about elderberry. Well, right. guess. We sold all of those things, vitamin D3, L2B3, right. vitamin C. So the good problem that we had was we kept selling out. We could not keep things on the shelf. And there were all of these theories as to we would order something and it would take three to four weeks to come in. Well, you have now suppliers who are short-staffed and mm-hmm. you know, logistics nightmares of companies not having trucks and trucks not coming all the way into the city. I mean, it was just a host of, right. of things, but interestingly enough, it still felt good. It Mm. felt good to be of service, to provide a space where people can come and kind of lay all of those fears and worries down and then walk away with something that made them feel as if they were promoting their health and supporting themselves in this huge time of
3: unknown. Yeah, I can imagine that. I mean, tell me a little bit about, like, I remember, you know, again, we weren't an essential business. We were a cooking school. I was terrified Mm
0: -hmm.
3: to have anyone anywhere near a cash register. Like, how did you handle the team at that point? And when when you came on, did you keep the same staff that had been there? And, And what was that like managing the human people? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, you know, um, Golden Grocer has some troopers. I mean, these are some hardcore health nuts, you know, mm-hmm. and I love them all. So I was at every moment like, okay, we're shutting down. And they were like, mm-hmm. we are not shutting down. You know, they right. kept me a little bit on task by yeah. saying, we're coming in every day. I mm-hmm. did The one thing I did do was cut the hours back one hour. So instead of closing <laughs> at 8:00 p.m., we went to 7. Right. Because more people were home and we didn't really need to be open that late and the city had curfews and whatnot. So- yeah, my team, they were just like, No, we need to be here for the people. We want more hours if right. we can. Don't Amazing. reduce hours. I ended up hiring someone during that time because we did need the additional help. Wow. So it was it was a very interesting place to be. And I'm really grateful for the team that I had because they were they are hardcore. They're yeah. like oh, we gotta be here and, and support the people.
3: So you were, you know, a naturopath. Right. So, I mean, maybe break that down a little bit before I then go into asking you the other questions, but yes. I mean, what, how did you get into that field? I understand a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I do take vitamin D every morning nice. because okay. you know, I'm a woman of a certain age as, <laughs> and magnesium, but like, I know there's more to it than herbal supplements. So sure. Sure. tell me a little bit about that journey
2: yeah and they say once a naturopathic doctor always a naturopathic doctor, so I can't shake it if i try
0: mm-hmm.
2: um so my my studies started out as a chemist, and I worked in the pharmaceutical industry and um wanted to find a cure for cancer and that was mm-hmm. you know, these very altruistic thoughts about what science could do um not totally jaded, but um <laughs> just <laughs> what that field is about it wasn't necessarily about getting in front of the illness. Mm-hmm. You know, can serve a great purpose and they can heal and support people in many different ways. But there was this other part of healing that just wasn't being addressed, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in the sciences, you're kind of like, what's your PhD? Like that's everyone, you know, with a bachelor's in some chemistry degree or biology, you're thinking, what's what's your PhD going to be in? And so I, I thought my PhD was going to be in organic chemistry, mm-hmm. um, to really kind of dive into med- medical and you know, more of the pharmaceutical end. So I got into the pharmaceutical industry, thankfully, and that brought more clarity as to what I really wanted to do was to study the pharmacy and pharmaceuticals of natural products. Mm -hmm. So I've always kind of been like the herb girl in the lab. Mm -hmm. And I started to seek out, where are some programs where I can really dive into herbs or medicines or nutritional components in a more scientific way. And that's how I found the naturopathic degree program. That's a four-year degree program. You have to have a you know bachelor's degree. You have to understand microbiology, immunology, pathology, right. all of those key core sciences. And so that program, four years of study, you're learning the sciences, but you're also kind of weaving in how do I treat this more alternatively. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at Chinese herbs. You're looking at traditional, what I say, Native American herbs. You're looking at you know vitamins and how to use those as medicine. You're looking at lifestyle factors. Diet is number one. So when we say right. nutrition, it's not just supplements, it's more so what am I consuming? Right. Uh, naturopathic doctors, we say, you know, not you are what you eat. We say you are what you absorb mm-hmm. foods, but are you really absorbing them? So it really looks at a root cause type of system. Why am mm-hmm. I having migraines? Is it my hormones? Is it the stress response? Is it, you know, a circulatory component that needs to be addressed more deeper? And we dive deep into that and really focus on the root cause of why an imbalance is present and then we seek to support you and heal that imbalance with alternative therapies like vitamins like herbs, food, acupuncture, you know, physical therapy, all of those things mm-hmm. components of naturopathic medicine.
3: Very cool. And so you you get that degree and you know, you decided to go into private practice or I mean, why St. Louis? What what is the community like in St. Louis for that type of alternative i don't know the i don't yeah. know the community well and i don't I don't know how
2: how yeah, it's structured sure. at all I mean St Louis is very much the Midwest and mm-hmm. that's a, a loaded statement yeah <laughs> West comes with many you know gifts kind of you know quiet um not as active as a big city, but then there's the kind of slow, not as progressive thought when it comes to things like medicine lifestyle or art or culture, so Mm -hmm. it is improving. I am born and raised in St. Louis, Mm -hmm. so I've been able to kind of go away and come back and go away and come back a few times and see the improvements. The course of study was in Toronto, Ontario, and Canada, which I loved. Mm -hmm. It's an awesome city. I loved it enough to import a a male back and marry him.
3: (laughs) I mean, you extracted what (laughs) you (laughs) needed out of Toronto and, you know, just re-, you know, Rehomed him. That's right. amazing. <laughs> I need to bring him back with me.
2: Um, so coming back to St. Louis was, was twofold. Um, it was being closer to family, um, but it was also the community that motivated me to seek out other forms of healing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Because you did not have a lot of naturopaths or alternative health care at the time when I came back. There was one other naturopath in the city. And I got to know her and chat with her. Right now, there are, I think, six Mm -hmm. in the area, you know. So it was one of those things where it was definitely kind of out on a limb, trying to convince people that they can heal themselves, trying to convince people that diet and food is medicine. Um, But then what I found, um, surprisingly, was there was a huge huge community who wanted this, who were seeking and just didn't have, let's say, a reliable source. Mm-hmm. Or they had to travel to some other part of the world, the East or West Coast, to get this type of information. Right. So it was it was more well received than I would have assumed. And even more so within the medical community. You know, there's this thing where you're gonna have this, you know, fight against some MDs. And mm-hmm. I found that I was embraced more and MDs wanted to have an ally and um support their patients because at the end of the day we all want people to be healthy.
3: Right. And and, and and you had Golden Grocer, which is also mm. kind of funny. You had this this grocery, natural grocery store near you, I presume, yes. right? Yeah. That you could well, just connect mm-hmm. with and send people to. Was that unusual for a store like that to be around and thriving for 40 years?
2: I think what's very unusual is at the time that they started, they were the only store that vegetarians could go to, you know. And right. Back in the day when you just had this block of bland tofu and people didn't know what to do with it. Right. Um, veggie burgers were not great back then. So <laughs> right. now you got a whole host of them. So, yeah, they were innovators in many ways of kind of breaking in and being, you know, kind of trendsetters in the health industry in this area. And then to survive, you know, Whole Foods coming in literally Mm -hmm. on the street um, is pretty remarkable. It's a remarkable feat for them to be able to have done that. So I felt really honored to be asked to take over the store. But, you know, you said something when I did come back to St. Louis, my office was three blocks away from Golden Grocer. Right. So I would send my patients there and they would send patients to me. So it was just a very welcomed uh, professional relationship.
3: And then you get this call in 2018. (laughs) Yeah. I believe yeah. you said John. Yeah. Yes. The first call was in 2018 and I was like, no, I'm not doing it. What are you, why are you I doing mean, it? why did he, was he just like, Hey, I have this crazy idea. I think you might buy this or, or take it <laughs> over. Like what, you know, why you, you, you were a fully, you know, you had a, a whole thing, thing going on.
2: Yeah. I, I had a whole thing going on and he just said, you know, I thought about it. I thought it would be good. You would be a good fit mm-hmm. for the company. And I was like, this guy's crazy, you know, Right. and I I said, no, I was like, no, because I had a whole host of other things going on at the time. Right. But then a year to that date, he called me back in August. So He called me August 2018, called me back a year later, August 2019. I said, hey, I'm ready to retire. I think I'm selling the business. I think you would be a good fit. And I said, you know, I spoke to my husband about it. And I always come with these crazy ideas. So he's just like, okay, what what do you want me to do? Because he's Canadian and lovely. Right, you know. Right. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. So he said, yeah, I mean, I, you should do it. And so he gave me the kind of extra support because, right. you know. Yeah, and then from there, it was just, um, yeah, it was,
3: it, it was smooth sailing in so many ways. Okay, it's we're like, going to take a little break. And then when we come back, I kind of want to start with like, you walk in, in August, 2019, about to take over this place. And (laughs) and we'll be right back.
1: Just Egg is now the fastest-growing egg brand in the United States. Bring more plant-based consumers in your doors with easy-to-use Just Egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st slash hrn. That's s t slash hrn. Made from plants, Just Egg is a better egg for you and for the planet it's healthier with no cholesterol and less saturated fat and it's more sustainable just egg uses less water and generates fewer carbon emissions most importantly it's delicious for our listeners who operate a food service establishment you can get a sample for free head to ju.st h r n that's ju.st h r n just egg makes a delicious plant-based addition to any menu it's available as a liquid scramble great for omelets frittatas stir fries and french toast there's also a frozen pre-baked folded version that's ideal for filling breakfast sandwiches or topping salads Chef Jose Andres calls Just Egg mind-blowing and Bon Appétit says it's so good I feel guilty eating it. Put the fastest growing egg brand on your menu. Get a free sample of Just Egg for your restaurant at ju.st/hrn.
3: I'm back with Jamila Owens-Todd, owner of Golden Grocer. Okay, so he called you 2018, you said no, he called you 2019, you're like, you know what, was there this part, I mean, I, if I, I would love to own a grocery store, but that's because I have this fantasy of things like that. And it's, it's similar to why I opened a cooking school, it was all very sort of I'm talking to consumers and I'm, you know, I see my regulars and I'm helping them, you know, but the back end of that or like the logistics part of that and and the toilet breaking and not getting the right order and getting a bill for something that you didn't buy, like all of that is just such a nightmare. I'm imagining that you knew a little bit of both going in or you wouldn't have taken it. Or, and you wouldn't have said no in the first place. But what were the big sort of surprises when you when you did say yes and, and you walked in and you were like, hi, this is my new store, <laughs> or like my old store and I'm the new me? Yeah, um, mind you that
2: I didn't really make my presence public until about February or March of twenty twenty. Because mm, that okay. took me in as a partner and just was in an observation mode and doing a lot of back office stuff. Got it. Just to give you an idea, the store did not have a POS system. I mean, they did not have a register point of sale. It was very old school. Like oh, this. my gosh. Yeah, nothing was automated. They didn't have a website. You know, it was just one of those things where I knew there was going to be some work, just in my head, what I needed in order to operate this. So... I came in with this mission of I, I'm going to have to make changes and no one wants this place to change. Like it is a community staple. Yeah. So I tried to be as subtle as I can and just like, Oh, there's an updated computer system. Oh wait, wow. I see the Facebook page is actually having posts on it. You know, it's like, Oh my gosh. So that, because that took some time, I didn't come out and say, Hey, I'm the owner. Right. Right. Um, and then by the time that I did, that's kind of at the time when the country was shutting down. Right.
3: <laughs> this is a movie. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like a great movie. I'm picturing like where people did, was there like a notepad and people were like, your celery is, you know, a $1.89 and like added it like how, with a calculator. Like what, how is there no POS system in a grocery store?
2: They had a register that was probably purchased in 1979. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah, so it was like, and I did. I was like refusing to. I'm like, I'm not using this thing. It is right. so. Well, I mean, there's so many other options, but again, it worked for him. You know, it's right. like why yeah. it's one of those why change it? You right. know, we broke, don't fix it, and yeah. that's how those were operated. So, so many things were. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, I had moved my practice, which is funny to like full on like self, you know, scheduling online. And I, I mean, I had this full, I moved to taking my notes, making them virtual. Right. I was already doing virtual visits. Right. You where, were in the tech world and right. you so just I like was, hopped into a time warp. Right. Yeah. And so I had to get it up to, to par in a sense in my head. And so the beauty of that was, you know, you had a lot of people who kind of came out of the, you know, the woodworks like, oh, finally, there's some changes. Mm-hmm. And you had a lot of people like, wait, why is, why is this changing? This I mm-hmm. love the kind of old school antiquated mom and pop right, um, component to it. So there was a little bit of that, but more I found more people were welcoming the change because now they can see their email of their points that they got on the register right. or they got, a you know, actual receipt that wasn't, you know. So it was, it was a lot of things
3: that um, were improved and improvements. And, and what th- were, what were the big surprises? Like people who don't own grocery stores, for example, might not know that, you yeah. know, you have to have a minimum order to oh, get I'm an sure. account from whatever. And, you know, like what, what were, yeah. what were you just like, no way is this the way that it works? The operating costs. Yeah
2: operating costs of a grocery store is insane
3: yeah
2: um you want inventory to move that's always a positive thing when you move inventory Mm -hmm. but you have to re-up right you got to purchase that so to see a store that is as small as it is with a massive operating budget that was my first overhaul not to say let's get the budget down because that you got to keep a certain amount of you know amount for sales right um i expected payroll and all of the, like, I was aware of that, but yeah, just the amount of
3: money you spend in product. Well, also, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I, I remember this, like when we first, when we first turned the front of the cooking school into a cafe, Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, the pars, right? Like you didn't want to only make four scones because Mm -hmm. people, you know, people got mad when they came in and it was like 8.15 and they were gone. Yep. But if you made, you know, 16 scones, then you had waste at the end of the day, but you could only make a tray of, you know, and and every single item was like, you want to look plentiful yeah. and you want to look like there are options, but you also don't want to have all, you know, all of this like waste and you don't want to spend the money on making stuff. I would imagine when you're ordering produce It's even more so because it's, you know, there's this incredibly, you know, someone might come in one day and decide to buy a ton of celery and you have no idea that that's going to happen. You know, how do you even, how do you make pars for everything?
2: I think um, that's where I just, and and I'm still fine tuning that. Let me be very upfront. Mm -hmm. Um, But you, you hit the nail on the head because it's like I can go through and I can be, I'm a numbers person, right? So I can look and see, well, we're only selling 10 bottles of vitamin C a month. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to make sure we keep, you know, four on the shelf per week. Right. But then people will say, well, you don't have enough, so they won't buy. Or if yep. there's only I one left, people will pass it and say, oh, I don't want to take the last one. Right. And so people like to see plenty. They I like plentifulness in order for them to feel secure in buying. Yeah. Well, they don't understand that's also a waste for me. Right. So I have a loss because I have these 50 bottles and if it's, a you know, food based and you know, so you have something that's there with a short shelf life. So you try to make up for, for things with longer shelf life versus the short shelf life right. item. But then it's the same thing. We have, you know, a case of 88 apples and they go down. It's like, do we order another case because we know we're going to wait? But then you have these 10 apples left. No one wants to purchase. because right. It's scarce. And yeah. so it's definitely a game of illusion. Yeah. And how do you master that? And a lot of that comes in, again, still learning and just placement, it comes in and just, you know, the design of the space and making things not look so scarce. And um, because, you know, I have, I try to explain this to folks as well. Like you don't want us to have a a bounty of fresh fruit that's going to go bad because now we're losing. And
3: if we lose, we can't pay staff. But no one wants to hear that. I think (laughs) especially, I mean, You know, I think the American consumer especially is used to those mountains, you know, (laughs) of like perfectly perfect apples that has like the sprayer constantly going like you're Mm -hmm. somehow you're in a in a grove or I don't know, a bushel. I don't know where, you know, Yeah, Yeah, whatever. But, you know, meanwhile, that I mean, and that that creates this whole other problem in the system where people aren't comfortable taking an apple that might have a little thing yeah. on it or might not be perfectly shaped. And, you know, thankfully there are people trying to to work on that in the food system. But it's just I, I would imagine really challenging. Especially you said, I mean, you're you're near a Whole Foods. Is that Um, I did move the
2: store, another You did wonderful thing. Yeah, I moved it. So we're still not, you know, far. We're further away from the Whole Foods than we were previously, but um Yeah. So, but there are other options. There are other options. So I really can't uh, focus on that. I'm aware and I'm checking prices, but I have to think, what is it that we bring to the table? Why did you move the the store? um, I think the store needed to move period. Let me say that the building that we were in, again, there had not been, it's a whole host, but there had not been any renovations Mm -hmm. to the store since 1980. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we had and so the building owners were kind of like well what's the problem you know he's been fine with right it
3: again like <laughs> you know we had to walk 17 miles to school and bare feet <laughs> why should you get the bus yeah yeah and so it
2: became one of those well he hasn't complained and and literally they said well, he's never put in a service r- report Mm-hmm. um, in 22 years or whatnot. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden you have a problem with this door not working yeah. and you don't find the like <laughs> water dripping down on, you know, <laughs> over the produce section. Like,
3: well, this lady's too good for, you know, like, who I'm just enjoying to this story so much. <laughs> I'm literally sitting here just, I have a massive <laughs> smile and I'm picturing this movie and <laughs> someone's got to make it. Maybe yeah. it's a documentary. I don't know, but it's just great. I mean, the guys were looking at me like, who do you think
2: you are? Right. You're so snobby that you don't
3: want like dirty water dripping on the potatoes.
2: Yeah. So, and so it, and then magically the lease was up Mm -hmm. and I knew that going in. And so that was also a question when he said, Hey, the lease is going to be up on this date. So I know the building is not up to par. So that was kind of in October, 2019, that was part of the conversation. So as we got there close to November, 2020, um, it. I was like, yeah, we're moving. And it just worked out great. And I'm really someone who's into kind of like um, a minimalist design. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I value that. I did minimalist, you know, wardrobe. And right. so I wanted a store that, here we go, right? We have a store that cleaner, minimal and mm-hmm. simple kind of placement of items on the shelf where it's not like, things falling off the shelf because they're so abundant. right? Also trying to heal people in a way that you don't have to see a cluttered, massively f- filled shelving to right. recognize that there's health here. So there are people who may get in, may not. And so I know I'm taking a risk on that one, but I like to, you know, come in and see the shelf and, you know, maybe I can see through to the next shelf over and that's okay, <laughs> you know?
3: Yeah. Are you able to, I mean, just calculate a little bit, like retention of your old customers. I'm sure there were some who was like, no, I'm not going there. But then my guess is that you got probably a whole new customer yes. that would not have gone to the old one. So do you have yeah. any way of of calculating that or guesstimating That, I don't, obviously not numbers, but just in general. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, um, and that's a really good point because I anticipated a a significant loss with the move. Mm -hmm. Um, I anticipated the loss with the move because it's further south and I don't, you don't know much about the St. Louis area, but Mm -hmm. whenever it's like, oh, you're south, it's like, I'm literally a mile from the last place. The concept of you're south, you're in this other part of the city, we lost people there. Um, we lost people because they just had an attachment to the previous owner.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's like, well, what do you mean he's not going to be there? I'm like, he is retiring. You know, right. I don't, that's what he wants to do. Right. So there's a loss there, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I anticipated, you know, a 20 to 30% loss of clientele. And I would say we that was consistent. But what I did, uh, did not anticipate was the amount of new customers and yeah. clients. And so I wanted to make up for that 20% loss with another 20%. And it's exceeding that every week. So I'm very appreciative of that. And um, that was hard trying to explain to staff. They're like, oh, Mr. So-and-so is not coming anymore. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, that was the risk that I had to take. And as a business owner, you know, there's a constant measure of weighing out what is riskier this week. Yeah. So I knew that, um, but I have been very appreciative of the community that has come out to support the people who are like, finally, you're in South. Now I can come, or finally, you have a parking lot because we were in a very busy part of the city with no parking, and and so that's been the overwhelming response. Has been like, thank you for moving, thank you for being in Mm. this new space. That that warms my heart each time. I don't, you know, mourn the loss of those who just
3: uh, travel and they'll come back. Yeah, I know know, they'll they'll be like, all right, yeah, I'm back. So you know my my movie image of of Golden Grocer is this like Wonderland. It's got (laughs) health products, pantry staples, local produce, fresh juices, ready to eat, plant based meals. You have crystals there. Like honestly, it sounds (laughs) like a utopia. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm imagining your brain a little bit like okay this is what it could be mm-hmm. and this is what my vision of it is and yeah. then the reality and I'm kind of curious what you feel you've had to sacrifice a little bit or you know where you feel you've had to trim your 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 imagination or have you not has it has it just been like everyone just l- you you have these ideas, and they manifest, and then they, you know, it all goes beautifully.
2: Yeah, um, that's a very interesting question, because I have, you're going to get into my whole personal dark sordid history here, no? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's part of it. We all have them. <laughs> I have uh, been someone who's been very appreciative of the opportunities in my life, and I'm very thankful. And I remember talking to someone who's kind of like a coach. I have a business coach now, but this person was kind of like a Almost like a life coach, mm-hmm. and we were talking about all of these opportunities, you know, that I've had. And I said, you know, everyone, everything that I've wanted, I've been able to manifest or create or has mm-hmm. come to fruition. And he turned to me, he said, "Oh, you're, you're, you think too small.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's why everything you're making these small goals, and you're allowing them to be oh. small, so achieve them.
3: Huh? That's an and interesting then, spin,
2: you on. know." Mm I mean, checking all of these things off, like, look at this. I checked off. I went to naturopathic medical school. I opened this business. And so um, ever since then, that has stuck with me. And I have huge visions for the store. I have huge visions. And part of it is just being uh, just a bountiful place, of resource for all. And to have, once we are able to have, you know, more capacity within the store and people coming through, I want it to be a place of knowledge and education, so classes, which I rolling out a class schedule now and having events to feature local vendors and, and small and up-and-coming businesses. And that is all coming to fruition. So I'm pushing for that. I haven't released it. What I have sacrificed is my timeline. Yeah. Um, what I have had to be okay with is that some days are going to be not so great days. Mm-hmm. And just be okay with it. Don't beat yourself up and yeah. don't question society and what's wrong with the world. And is it the pandemic or do we not have enough on the show? Right. You know, I would go into the spiral of what have I done wrong for today yeah. to be such a low sale day. And then I can't tie my emotional, you know, ex- existence into a low sale versus a high sale day. Yeah. So as I am relinquishing that, I am sacrificing that this is no longer the perfect image. I know what I want for it. I know what I want to see, but I've detached from
3: the need for it to look perfectly. I love that. And, and I feel good. that way with, with the sauce business too. I mean, you know, I almost, I almost feel myself saying things like I need a I need a, I need a good, I need a good email. I need mm. a, I need a good slack. I need like, I need a pump of dopamine basically mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. Like because when you are starting something from scratch or or building something new that was there but you're basically building something new and yes. you know you're you're just constantly climbing and bushwhacking and getting <laughs> scraped and and <laughs> having to pull people along the journey and if you look at every day or even every week there's so many jagged sad depressing mo- so many more no's than yeses so many more bad days than good days you know and that but that it's just if you live by that and you're and you ride those waves too hard you just get exhausted
2: exactly exactly so i am actively working to relinquish that attachment and just being in the space of gratitude that we are here I'm here we have a place. And then some, if it was one person that came in today, hopefully there were more than one, but that, I hope that one person got what they needed. Yeah. When yeah. they got the support and they felt okay and they felt like this was a place that resonated with them. So I try to stay in that space um, mentally. So yeah, I've sacrificed that this will be how I, the numbers will look. Mm-hmm. This will look by, you know, June of 2020. Just yeah. said, you know what, Let me just focus on being here providing the goods that I really want people to be exposed to
3: and, and go from there. So speaking of all that, um, I, I, I don't know if you know this, but I, my master's degree is in food studies and food systems. Oh, and okay. um, I did a lot of work on grocery store ownership mm-hmm. and sort of the history of the grocery store mm-hmm. and, and, larger themes kind of connecting grocery store ownership and especially sort of the community Mm self-determination, power, control, and race. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. And
3: I've read some quotes, you know, I know you're thinking a lot about as a black female business owner, Mm -hmm. um, you're not just building a grocery store and you're building, you know, you're building community and self-determination and a hub, you know, and I'm wondering, you know, a, I'd love you to just talk a little bit about it. Um, and B, you know, like, I just think of myself, like, as, you know, as a, as a white founder, I didn't feel, I wanted to build a community, but I didn't feel that additional pressure Mm -hmm. that somehow I was like representing something larger than myself. And I, Can't imagine that kind of pressure, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it.
2: Yeah, um, often when I'm asked about that, you know, what is it like to be a black woman and owning a grocery store? And I always say, I wish I wouldn't have to be the black woman that owns groceries. You know, it is um, not to get into the you know the past of America and the socioeconomic you know pitfalls that. Mm -hmm. Uh, many of us have fallen into and, and continuously face and are working to climb out of. Right. Uh, based off of just systemic racism. of, yeah. You know, horrible. You can
3: powers. get into it. That's um, why we're
2: here. <laughs> <laughs> but it It is. Um, being a business owner always made sense to me because I felt like. I have ideas, I have things that I want to do and I, I, it just makes sense for me to do them in the way that I wanted to do them. Mm-hmm. And that does stem from upbringing and knowing that, you know, you're capable and you're, you have the wherewithal to do things that make sense to you. But even the unspoken component of that was you do this for your community.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like you don't have to, you know, have a whole dissertation on why I do it. It's just, you know, I think about my parents. It's like you knew you did stuff because of the community. Right. So I um that has always been a part of kind of my thread and fiber of existence without even being asked. So now it's always interesting when I'm asked that question it's like, "Huh. Let me kind of go back and see why am I doing this?" And it stems from my parents and and seeing how they they always did things that were not just about them. So so right. going into naturopathic medicine, I was very active as a youth me- a mentor and worked in the community and marched and, with, you know, social uh, organizations, you know, to uplift the black communities. So that's always been part of my upbringing. So having a business was I'm going to have a space where I you don't feel the disparities. You don't feel the judgment. Uh, you know, you go into I always say you go into a shop um, and you always wonder, if, is the shopkeep, shopkeeper being rude to me because I'm black or because they're just having a horrible day? Right, and I don't know many people that have to parse through those many layers of existing in America.
3: Yeah, but
2: I know most of my black counterparts, we do. Yeah, and so sometimes it's just refreshing to go in somewhere and just shop and not have to worry about being followed around yeah. or stereotyped. And so having a business was always part of that. Let's have a space where we can just be. The only thing we wanted to do was to live our lives and live fruitfully and then pass on to the next generation. And like we all want the same thing. We all want the same thing. But that layer of racism that is that topples even the existence of of your reality of wanting to go to the store or go to be a business owner is heavy and burdensome um, and is exhausting. Yeah. So having a business. it was always kind of second nature. I got to have a space when you get into healing, healing is not about race or color. It's about what I, and I'm not going to get into religious backgrounds, but I think we all exist as kind of energy Mm -hmm. and we vibrate at different, you know, vibrations. And that's again, just based off where you are and your kind of spiritual outlook on life. And so when you tap into kind of healing, it's, it's so much more universal. It's so much more open. And then even to see where there's disparities in that, that was annoying to me. Mm-hmm. To see that, you know, people go to a doctor or a practitioner and they get subpar care because of their rates. And I thought, this is the fucking fine line. I'm sorry. This yeah, is a- <laughs> I was like, this is it. Yeah. So I have to have a space where anyone can come and feel great.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and that is the part of healing. Healing is just knowing that you have the ability to heal. And then being in a space safe enough to exercise those healing practices or rituals. And the store, when I first started going to that store, the owner, who is a, a white male,
3: mm-hmm.
2: had a space that was predominantly black people. Mm. And um, no one knew for years that this previous owner was white. So even now, I'm meeting people and they're like, You're the owner. And it's like, Well, who was the last owner? And right, I'm like, right. Was he a black guy? And I'm like, No. Um, so it's, it's interesting that here's someone who clearly opened the door and opened the space for all. Because right. I think it's easier to do that in healing without the judgment, the criticism, where people felt comfortable. Right. So there's even more of that, that kind of layer with Golden Grocer of this is our space. Yeah. And so what I wanted to do was to open up the shelves um, to business owners, and I say local business owners, but I do want to have a good majority of those business owners be black business owners. Right.
3: I was going to ask you about that, like actively yeah. seeking out products mm-hmm. made by black by blackers and black owners. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, because um, you know I would try products. And I mean, I have a coffee vendor, black Bull coffee, and bold coffee. like, This is great coffee. Why, why can't I find this everywhere? Mm-hmm. You know? So it was, there's an intentionality with that, because I know personally, the <laughs> discrepancies that you right. face was like, well, why, why is your product good? like the extra question of well, why, why would your product be worthy of being on the shelf? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I know I make good products,
0: right. uh, you know, <laughs> right.
2: read the ingredients and here's my, you know, process. And so um, that was important. But of course, what comes with that is is good products are good products are good products. And so I'm really passionate about kind of local and small, um, you know, small batch type of vendors right. because I know the struggle. I know how hard it is to get on. Everyone wants to get on Whole Foods' shelf, you know, let's mm-hmm. get in Whole
3: Foods. And I thought, well, I'm not Whole Foods, but I'm going grocer.
2: And, and I super- you have
3: an amazing social media. And Thank your you. posts about us were like, we were like, oh, my gosh. Like, what is this amazing place? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. And
2: um, yeah. just to a pivot from that, but that is my spouse who does all the social media. Well, he's, a mar- he's Canadian,
3: people. nice, and good at social.
2: <laughs> I think I made it up,
3: you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, he clearly uh, did well, too, so.
2: And I, um, I'm not a, and I, I have to say this, sorry if this is off topic, but I'm not a sauce person. But I have always been seeking sauces, like, I just throw mustard on everything. I know I shouldn't even say that out loud, but um, the tahini turmeric sauce. Yeah. Because I am not a chef. Let me just be really clear on this. (laughs) My go to meal is like I'm going to saute some kale and tomato and I'll throw it over some, you know, red quinoa, real simple type of foods that I prepare. But then, man, I have these sauces and I I literally drizzled that turmeric tahini sauce. And my daughter's like, oh, what, what's going on here? Like, you know, right. <laughs> all of a sudden you're like a culinary genius. I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> Aww,
3: that's we actually have like, you might just be a culinary genius, like in some of our language, because <laughs> I mean, I, I love the fact that you segued to us. I feel oh. like I, I certainly don't want to be like, thank you for sharing these very deep thoughts about oh, like, okay. systemic racism. And now let's talk about our sauces. So like, Thank you for the segue.
2: Well, the segue part of that, because when you are championing for many people for, for the underrepresented, I am someone who's now passionate about that in business. I'm passionate about supporting other businesses Mm
3: -hmm. um,
2: because I know the struggle. I know how difficult it is. I know the, you know, the pitfalls and do you have your food served safe? And do you have a commercial kitchen and all of the, you know, you got to deal with the city and And so that is another thing that keeps us and and I don't want to get overly dramatic, but it keeps us oppressed in a sense. You have this business idea and you want to break out. And then there's just these many things. Insurance, good grief, Mm -hmm. business insurance, liability insurance. So I have been more of an advocate for small businesses as of late because uh, I see people with great ideas, great I mean great follow through and then it's just something like taxes. Yeah. Or you know, yeah. health departments like no. And it's like come on, you know. So I all the more reason that that is becoming my healing practice is supporting other small businesses.
3: It's amazing. I mean, I, I how did we get so lucky to get on your shelves? Like it, I I think you said UNFI something said like yeah. What happened? And-
2: I, I'm going to also tell you, I'm a little superficial. And so I love the packaging. The packaging yeah. Thank you. No, I mean, packaging yeah. to me. It's and enough. that's been one of the things when I do talk to small businesses, I'm kind of like um, I'm an asshole to some people. And I'll, I know that because I'm like, what is this label? You know, right. if I sprinkle water on it, it's peeling off. Mm-hmm. Like those are the things that that little bitty thing, that investment in a label is what puts you on the shelf next to right, you know, Chef Boyardee yep. and so labeling. It packaging is like that's like my zen space when I could look at someone's packaging and so it's a superficial component but it actually is what catches the eye. You guys had pattern when I saw it I was like I don't know what this is but I want to try it. <laughs> it Yay. was simple again minimalist I right. love that look and so then we had them on the shelf and they just they like I said I have to place another order. And unfortunately, I was probably one of the people who purchased the most because I have about seven <laughs> in my refrigerator. Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, well, I'll get your address after we stop and I'll send you a case uh just so you can have some. I don't want you eating what what do they call it? Like high on your own supply or whatever. Right. And I, <laughs> I don't want you to have to do that. Um like, we have more of this sauce
2: in the fridge. I was like, Yeah, but you know, I need stuff for my cause I again, I can make bland foods and right. nice and it's like, I'm a culinary genius. So yeah, it, it, it was, the first thing was, it was eye-catching. You did a great job there. And I, I just wanted it on the shelf in the Like it looked good. And then I tried it. And I was like, oh goodness. Thank you. Um, you know, and obviously the clean ingredients.
3: Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm so thrilled that you did. Um, I'd love to hear sort of, normally I would ask kind of industry stuff, but I think I very rarely get a healer, on my show. So I would just love, you know, your sort of final thoughts on staying well, you know, staying sound. Um, you know, what, what do you, you have a, you know, you have a, a bunch of people hopefully listening. What do you want us to do for our own health and the health of the people around us? Mm, um, I want you to be kind to yourself. You
2: know, I think we've all had a rough year. I think we've all had, I don't know what everyone's health history, but we've had moments in life where they just kind of turn us topsy-turvy. And I just wish for people to take those moments and allow a little bit of gentleness. I think healing comes through naturally. It comes when it's ready Mm -hmm. and it comes as it should. And it looks very different from what's in your head and what's in your journal and what's on the plan of healing. And so if I'm able to be kind and gentle and open to all that is supposed to come to me, then I take away the judgment, uh, the fear, the criticism, the worry. And that's in my personal life, that's in my relationships, and that's in my business. I I think it's a good place to start. Um, And then trusting, trusting that, you know what, this food nourishes me, so I'm going to consume it, trusting that, it is nighttime and I'm tired now, so mm-hmm. I'll resist the need to swipe again and, and lay down. But if you trust, your body speaks to you. And it's really just waiting on us to stop and listen.
3: And then when we push through that stuff and we, I mean, that's when that's when the bad stuff happens, I feel like. You know, like yeah. that's when the hatred happens and that's when the, the fear happens and, and that's when, you know. I just think that's beautiful.
2: No, you're right. And especially being a business owner, because there's so much I should be doing. Right. We're shooting all over ourselves. I should be doing this. I should be Mm -hmm. doing that. But, you know, it's okay to to be a unitasker.
0: You
2: know, the slow business model, the slow food model, I think is a great concept of slow living and intentional living. And so, you know, for someone who's historically been kind of a very scientific didactic thinker and um, overly kind of type A in the work setting, I'm, everything I'm telling you is things I'm working on myself. Right. So I'm not, for sure. I'm not perfecting that at this
3: moment, but I am working to perfect it in time. Well, Jamila, I, I'm like, I'm so psyched that something, that the pouch has caught your eye and that... <laughs> we ended up in your store and that I got to meet you. I'm going to be emailing you right after this with like a bunch of follow-up questions, just about my personal life. (laughs) And um, I also want you to see our new packaging because it's, it's coming out in the fall and it's, it's just as clean and it's just as minimal, but it has just a little (laughs) bit of color. So for all the people that are like, meh. You know, it's too <laughs> plain, and it looks like a you know blood bag or something. I don't know. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Jeez, <laughs> man. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I I really enjoyed the conversation and just loved listening to you speak. So thank you so thank much. You. And I have to say thank you
2: to you because you're a healer, and to pr- put a product out and have faith and trust in what you know. As a culinary genius, obviously, <laughs> um, it takes a lot of guts and a lot of depth and to have work that's judged daily by different palates is impressive. I'm sure you, you've you heard it all. So I applaud you for doing um, such great work and also having a platform, having a platform to further heal and share is pretty awesome. So I'm honored and I really am very appreciative of the opportunity.
3: Thank you. So for everyone... Um, I- I have many friends that I'm going to be introducing to Jamila uh, for her store. But for those of you who just want to follow Golden Grocer and the journey on Instagram, it's Golden Grocer STL. Um, I've never really had like a deep yearning to go to St. Louis, but I do now. And um, all of you guys listening, thank you so much, as always, for listening. I think Matt and Amanda... engineering this one. They're like tag teaming. So thank you for um, everything. And um, I'll be back next week with another episode of In the Sauce. In the Sauce is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter